0: this afternoon man it is awesome to be here and I don't know about y'all but worship was good today and I, I, I got a little sweaty but I'm ready today because it's Christmas and we've been talking about Christmas and celebrating Christmas and I know that it's not Christmas day okay we all know that but we are here today celebrating Christmas and we've been in the middle of a series called beautiful Christmas and we've been talking about how Christmas is really more than than gifts under a Christmas tree. It's more than cute Christmas decor, even though I like to decorate and may or may not have more than 10 trees in my house combined. Um, And that it is more than eating together on Christmas or for the Latin folks on Noche Buena, although that part is fun too. But Christmas is really about celebrating a Savior who came to be born just so that he can die for us. And that's an awesome story. Like the video said, a rags to riches story. And I know it gets exciting and we get caught up on all the fun stuff about Christmas. But when we say that it's a beautiful Christmas, we're not talking about it's beautiful depending on how many gifts you have. We're not saying that it is beautiful depending on how much food is on the table or if you even have food on the table. What we're saying is that it's beautiful regardless of anything and everything else just because through Christmas we got a savior. Just because God became flesh and came to be born and become one of us so that he can die for us. And that makes it a beautiful Christmas. So we've been talking about that. And in the first week, we talked about how a lot of things in our lives are going to go wrong. Our plans are going to mess up. We're going to make goals. We're going to have things. And they're not going to always pan out. They're going to go left. They're going to go sideways. And things in this world will not be what you want them to be. But we can still trust God even when our plans fall apart because God always has a plan. And we talked about how God is always working on his plan, not on your plan, like some of us like to think. And we can trust him because his plan is always good. His plan is full of hope and a future. So we don't have to fall apart. We don't have to get crazy when our plans don't. We have to be expecting it and instead decide to trust God, even when our plans fall apart. And last week we talked about the joy of, that comes through Jesus. The joy that supersedes any kind of situation we may be going through. The joy that supersedes the things that our natural eyes can see and conceive. There is a joy that is deeper than that. And as the kids sang, there is joy that is deeper than a river that is flowing through our souls to those of us who will believe him. Who will trust him. And as we've been talking about all of this and the beautiful Christmas and as we wrap up this series, the word that came to to me as we were talking about this is okay Christmas we know it to celebrate Jesus we know it brings joy but one of the things that Christmas really brings and I think it's a word that sums it up really nicely is hope it is a season that is full of hope it's a season for even those who don't know Jesus they're excited it's a it's a it's an anticipation something that everyone's looking forward to if you ever thought about why Christmas makes people more excited why are people seem to be a little nicer and happier on Christmas? Because there's something about it. it it's um, Christmas is more than a day. It, it's a season. It, it's like a it's like a state of mind, right? It's like Christmas is in your mind. It's in your heart. And before December 25th comes, we're already feeling Christmas inside. <laughs> Because it's a state of mind. So when we talk about beautiful Christmas and we talk about, you know, celebrating the king of kings and the one who came to die for us, he came not just for salvation. I'm not minimizing salvation. We all need salvation. Salvation is important. We all, I encourage you, if you have not today, you will have your opportunity. We need salvation, but he did not come just for salvation. Because if he would have come just for salvation, we all would have died the moment we said yes to him. But he also came to give us life and he came came to give us a good life. He came to transform us, to create a change in our lives. So Jesus is more than a savior. He is also someone who transforms. And when we talk about Christmas and we talk about the hope of Christmas, it's a hope that brings anticipation. And anticipation is nothing more than you waiting on something that's going to happen. You're anticipating something when you know it's coming and it hasn't come yet but you're waiting on it and christmas is full of anticipation there is no other holiday that has as much lead up as christmas does christmas is december 25th how many of us have been already celebrating christmas how many of us put our christmas trees up in september not me i wish i was that proactive but there are some who have October, things start changing. November comes. The stores have decoration. There's lights outside. The Christmas sales are being announced. There is a lead-up. There is an anticipation for the day to come. So Christmas is full of hope. It is full of anticipation, and it's something they're waiting on. And, you know, there's a reason why people um, start to have memories during Christmas time. Like, when Christmas comes around, it brings back memories, right? We start to think about when we were kids— And we start to think about the thing that we loved about Christmas. I don't know about you, but I loved getting together with my family. When we were little, um, all my cousins lived, we all lived like blocks away from each other. So we got to have Christmas together and I'm an adult and now we're all in different places and we don't get to spend it together. But I remember that every Christmas. Every Christmas, my mind goes back to that. I don't know if for you, it was maybe that toy, that gift that you were expecting or anticipating to be under the tree on Christmas day. I know there was one Christmas that my dad, um, my dad was like, this year, you guys are going to go to Toys R Us, I'm going to give you $100, and you can get whatever you want, okay? And this is like in the 19, early 1990s when $100 was a lot more important than $100 is today, okay, because people dropping $100 on, on a pair of shoes, I just can't, on glasses, it's just... And we were like, yo, we went to Toys R Us that day, let me tell you, I was so excited, And I bought this doll that I wanted because I knew I was never going to get it if it wasn't for this day. Because the doll was like 85 bucks. And when you add it up to it, it was a ballerina that moved and had like a little, what you call the little stick. You know, I didn't do ballet. That had the little stick. And I was so excited to play with that doll. And when I think about Christmas, my mind goes to that doll. And the sad part is that two weeks after I got that doll, somebody came over our house to visit. And the little girl that came with them broke my doll i don't remember the little girl's name i wish i did but i remember the doll that i barely got to play with but it was a memory so every time that christmas comes around it's been more than 30 years since then and i remember that one christmas that my dad was like we're going to toys r us and you each get a hundred dollars because christmas sparks something inside of us it sparks a hope that is in us there's always a hope inside of us and when we're something that we're anticipating and we're waiting on and we are preparing for it we're leading up to it we're buying gifts we're wrapping gifts we're talking about the menus we're talking about the different activities that we're going to do there is a lead up because there is a hope that comes when we talk about Christmas and I don't know about you but memories of being at home in that family room or in your living room wherever you guys gathered you know where families actually got together you know, where movies were happening, or maybe you had hot chocolate. I know it's South Florida, but if, I don't know about chocolate, but we still have chocolate in the A.C., and we feel like if it's the winter. it's hot chocolate outside. I recommend it. It's very good. After service, get you some. And those are the memories that come to us. And there's Christmas stories and Christmas movies that all circle around the idea of hope. I don't know how many of you guys have ever heard of the movie The Christmas Carol. Please tell me you have. If you, if, if you grew up here, you've had to have heard it. It's from a famous book, and the whole point of the Christmas carol, for those who don't know, is that there's a grumpy old rich man called Ebenezer Scrooge who hates the world except for his money, and he's mean to everybody, even to his family, and he's a horrible person. And then that night, one night he goes to sleep, and he has a visit from the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of the future, Right? And the ghost shows him his past and his upbringing and all the things that happened. Because there's something that happens when we go back into memory. And when we go back into the past. And we start to note and take notice of those things that help shape us. And then it shows him the present, how he's been acting with his employees and with his family. And the people that want to get close to him and he won't let them. And then the ghost shows him his future. Where he dies alone. With nobody. Because he turned everyone away. And at the end of all of that, he's excited to be alive, and he changes. He turns from being grumpy and old and greedy and stank, and he becomes nice, and he becomes generous, and he gives away, and he goes to his family. He eats dinner with them. He changes, and we love the story. How come it has been remade so many times? Because people have a desire to have hope. There is something inside of us that makes us want things to be better, makes makes us want things to change. And there's the famous story of the Grinch. The who, all the who's down in Whoville. He was mean and he wanted to steal Christmas and then the size of his heart grew and he started to have feelings and if you've seen Jim Carrey's version, it's hilarious. He's like, what is this? Inside of me? And you know, I'm not going to do it for y'all, I'm going to spare y'all, but you know, I would... And he goes in and he changes. And we love the story of when someone who was horrible then changes. We love to hear that there is hope in a situation being bad and seeming impossible and then becoming possible. And that thing that felt so far off and so far away then coming up close. Christmas, it brings a hope. It like stirs a hope inside of us and it gives us the anticipation of a hope that is to come. And there was no one that was more anticipating a change or a hope than the people of Israel. In that first Christmas, the people had been waiting for hundreds of years for the promised Messiah. 700 years from when the prophecy started to come out to when Jesus was born for 700 years for many generations the people waited on the savior that was going to come and in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 we see this this uh, announcement from the prophet Isaiah and he says for to us a child is born to us a son is given And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So this prophecy comes to a people that have been in the middle of slavery. They have gone from slave hands to slave hands, from different slave masters with different names and different countries, but they have lived pretty much their entire existence in slavery. They would come out of it just to be found back in it again. So these are our people, if there is anyone else that is waiting on change, that is anticipating something to come, that is hoping that one day their eyes will have a different reality and a different future. And I think about the many people who in 700 years died waiting on that promise. Died hoping that change would come and their eyes never got to see it. Yet there was still a people that were hoping because there was a promise that he would come. And then we see in the New Testament, we see in Matthew, we see in Luke, we see the story of how Jesus decided to come born as a baby so that then he can die and save us from our sins. And the hope and anticipation that we get is more than just expecting For something but we're all hoping for something better everyone's hoping for something better I'll prove it to you how many of you guys work out here the Spanish crowd it was sad like two people I was like y'all we doing real bad nobody does exercise in the English crowd that's even worse we're (laughs) doing worse we're doing worse than the Spanish people thank you Uh, you know I'm trying we work out because we're expecting to be better we're expecting our health to be better. Some of us stop eating carbs. I mean, some of y'all start eating carbs because you're expecting your health to be better. Not today, but on other days, some of us stop eating sugar, but eat the cookies, please, that are outside. Expecting our health to be better. right? We're hoping for better. When you're at a job, you are hoping that there's a new opportunity or a promotion for you to get a better job and have better pay. When you get married, you start your family, you're always hoping on that day that you can get that bigger house or that better house or that better car, or we're hoping for us to be able to give our kids a better life than the one that we had, right? We're always wanting for better and our kids are then gonna hope to give their kids a better life than the one that we gave them. Because there is something in us that hopes for better. And while the whole entire world is hoping for better and is looking everywhere for this better, we have a Savior who was born to bring us better. We have someone, how Pastor Will said earlier, who already tore the veil, who already opened the heavens, who we have direct access to the Father, who is ready and willing and able to bring us that hope and that better that we need. He is a faithful God. And while we're looking, he is ready to transform a life. That's why we watch these movies. That's why we all cheer on Ebenezer Scrooge when he has a change of heart. That's why we all get excited about the Grinch when he now becomes part of the celebration in Whoville and celebrates Christmas because we're hoping for better. That's why some of us love Hallmark Christmas movies. And although Pastor Will would mock my Hallmark movies, They are popular, because people want hope. Yes, I already know how it's gonna end. Yes, I already know that the girl is gonna fall in love with the guy. Yes, but I like to feel hope. So I record them, and I lay down, very cliche-ish, with my blanket and a cup of coffee, and don't talk to me, because I'm gonna watch my Hallmark movies, because we like that. And I'm not the only one because year after year they are popping out Hallmark movies, y'all. And these Hallmark actors that y'all ain't seeing in the movie theater are getting paid. Because people want to feel hope. It's something that's inside of us. And something happens in Christmas time that stirs that, up, stirs that up that we start to feel like it really is possible. We start to think about what it could be like, and we start to dream about it, and we start to take pictures, like our Christmas picture this year, our family picture, we're holding a snowball. Obviously, it's a fake snowball, but there is hope for something better than what we have. We don't have snow in South Florida, but our picture has a fake snowball, and it makes us feel like Christmas. See, we start to do all these things because there is something that is stirred inside of us during that time. So there is an anticipation for hope, but we are always hoping for something better. And the, the, the hope that comes is one that changes us for the better. Like I said earlier, Jesus came for more than just to save us. But he came to bring transformation. He came to change us. He came to bring something different. And if, and if maybe, if change could come for an Ebenezer Scrooge and for a Grinch, then just maybe change could come for us. And God has a promise that he does bring change. And I want to show you in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. That heart that is so hard that doesn't have hope anymore. That heart that is angry and bitter for the things that didn't go right in your past. That heart that is still hurting and is shied away from everyone and is angry and is depressed and is anxious. That heart that is living in loneliness, that is the heart of stone that God wants to change. The heart that can't believe that it is even possible for salvation to happen. The heart that cannot believe that it is possible for change to happen. God says, I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. What he is saying is, although in your mind it doesn't fit how something can change, I'm letting you know that I could do as much as turning something from stone into flesh. I could do enough that something that is stone that was not pumping blood and was not breathing can then become something that is pumping blood and pumping oxygen and is bringing life. That is the God that we celebrate. That is a savior that today or a day like today or all of December and November and January for the land people until the Amago come. We celebrate because he's not just a God of salvation. He is a God of joy. He is a God of hope. He is a God of change. And I don't know about you, but I want to be better than I was yesterday. Therefore, I hold my hope on the one, the only one who can change me the only one that can remove my heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. Jesus comes to give us life, to give us a better life. And he comes not just to give us a better life, but the truth is that he comes to give us the best life. It's not just for you to be better than you were last week, but in him you can have the best life that you can ever have anywhere else. The best life that money and fame and a job and a business and the car and the house and the big family. That none of that can give you. He comes to give not just a better life but the best life. John 10.10. I came so that they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. See Jesus is saying I came to save you yes but I came so that you can have a good life. And I don't know about you, but how many of you can say that in 2019 you had your best life? How many of you can say, hey, in 2019 I lived the most abundant life? If your answer is no, that means that there is still hope for better. Because his promise is that there will be a life that is more and better than you ever dreamed of. So there is still hope. There is still room for him to do even more exceedingly and abundantly than what he has before. So Christmas brings us anticipation for hope hope for better hope for true change to come the change that only Jesus can bring the satisfaction and the fulfillment that only Jesus can bring but he also brings hope of home families live in all places and we do what we kind of wait for we travel We travel to or from so that we can be together on Christmas. And if your kids are away or whatever, you wait for them. Because that's the time that we all will travel to come to be together. Because there's something about home. When you think about Christmas as a child, I'm almost certain that most of us have a memory of a house that we grew up in. Or with parents. Or where we were in a special time in our lives. Because Christmas also stirs in us the hope for home. There's a reason why people eat together on Christmas table representing the home and the coming together in the community. So there's a hope for home and that's why there's songs like I'll Be Home for Christmas because that's what people want, is hope to be together again, that place where when we were younger and the place where you feel comfortable at home. And Jesus, he came to earth to bring us home. He came down, like I said, so that he can take us back home to our Father in heaven. And I know that in that time, the people were confused about why his purpose for coming, because they thought the Messiah was only going to save them from the the rule of Rome. They thought that that, it was it. Oh, you're just going to free us so we can, he was like, I'm thinking beyond right now. I'm thinking eternity. I'm thinking eternal father. That even when you're gone, generations after you can still call on my name. And there is hope available for them. Jesus came to bring us home. And he shows us a beautiful picture of what it's like to come home in Luke 15. Starting from verse 11. And it's a famous parable, one of the most famous, the parable of the prodigal son. There's even a show now. I don't know what it's about. I haven't watched it, but it's the same. And it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. In other words, you've been good to this point, God. (laughs) You've been good to this point, dad. I can take it from here. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. So he said, I've got it. You've done good. Now it's my turn. But at the same time, he's like, I'm going to go away or no one's going to get in my business. I'm going to go away or no one's going to try to control my life. I'm going to go away where no one is going to tell me what to do. Because if I don't get mine, ain't nobody going to get it for me. And there he squandered his wealth and his wild living. After he had spent everything, you know, after you actually got to pay bills and you realize that mom and dad wasn't so bad after all. After you have kids and you realize maybe your mom and dad actually did know what they were talking about. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. So much there, we're going to move on. Who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. I mean, I don't even know where to start. He hired himself out, meaning no one was looking for a job, but he pretty much begged and said, please at least let me do something. And of all things to feed pigs. I don't know if any of you have ever been in a field of pigs. Anybody here? It has to be the worst smell to ever exist. I'm gonna tell you that right now. When we were younger, my dad thought that it was a good idea for my brothers to learn the value of eating Christmas dinner. And he would take them on a wonderful little trip to go kill pig, the very pig that then I had to clean so we can roast in the backyard. And when they would come home, they had to take off their clothes, their underwear, their shoes outside. And they had to be hosed down before they can come inside. Because when I told you that smell would last for days, it would last for days. So he goes out to the worst smell in the world because he's so desperate. You know, when we start doing things that we never thought we would ever do, that very thing you said, you ain't gonna catch me and then you doing it because you thought you had it handled. You know, we thought we had control of our lives. We thought that we could do a better job than God could ever do, the one who created us, yeah. And then we go and we run into a wall. He longed to fill his stomach with the paws that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And this part right here is the part that it is the emphasis for today that we put the emphasis on. Because even though any of us reading the story want to slap this kid, there was a father that was waiting for him. There was a father that didn't care that he had an attitude and that he left and that he just undervalued everything that that his father had done for him and that he left and squandered everything that the dad had worked all of his life for. He didn't care. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, meaning the dad was waiting by that door day and night for the moment that maybe his son would come back. He was waiting for the day that the son would say, today's the day to go home. He didn't care everything that was happening at home. All he cared about was the son that was out there that was lost that he needed back home. So while he was off, he saw him and filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ringer on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So this picture of this prodigal son coming home is the very same picture of our heavenly father who's waiting for us to come home. And when we talk about Christmas, December 26th is going to come around. And it will no longer be Christmas. But even when the 26th and the 27th and January 1st comes around, there is still a living hope. There is still a living hope that we have in Jesus. And there is still the opportunity to come back home. Because we have a father who is always waiting us, waiting for us with open arms to come back home. So I don't know where you are today, but when I see this story, I, I recognize a couple of things about my life. And maybe you can recognize them about your life as well. And is that for many of us, we've left home. When we have dismissed God's ways, when we have sinned, we've left home. When we've thought that what we knew or had in mind for our lives was better, than what God had in mind for our lives, we have left home. But not only have we left home, just like this prodigal son, we then get lost. <laughs> we get lost and, and we start like dying spiritually. And then we find that we have an empty soul because we're searching for things And we're spending our time and our energy and our money on things that we are hoping will make things better, but in reality are only making the void inside of us deeper and deeper. So we leave home and then we get lost on the way. We get lost because we get caught up and this world is cruel, right? There's so many things to grab our attention. So many things telling us go this way. And once we get there, we realize that that wasn't it. So we gotta go find another way because maybe that one will be it. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there is one way. And Jesus is the one way that is the truth and the life. And his way will lead not only to eternal life, but to a better life, the best life. And our hope is found in him. So Jesus came to bring us hope. And maybe this Christmas could be the year that you come home. Maybe this Christmas can be the year that you admit that you left home you got a little lost on the way. But you're ready to come back home to the father. Who's not going to say, I told you so. The father who's not going to make you feel ashamed or guilty. But the father that's going to be waiting for you right outside the door. Waiting for you to come home. That's the Jesus that I celebrate. That's the Jesus I want to celebrate. Someone that... Beyond December 25th I can turn to and he's going to be there and I don't have to be alone and I don't have to be afraid and even when things go wrong even when plans fall apart he's there to show me that his plan is better than mine he's here to bring me hope to refresh and to renew to restore our lives because even though we aren't worthy even though I'm not worthy we can still come home so I don't know where you stand this morning. I don't know if you've maybe uh, have had God start to awaken a hope inside of you. Or maybe you're feeling like I'm, I'm so far removed from hope that I, I need God to awaken hope in me. I don't even know what that looks like. Maybe you've been let down so many times. Maybe your own family and friends have betrayed you and the hurt is so deep that you vowed to yourself that you would never hope again and you would never trust again. And I know it's hard because our our human heart is not capable of containing the weight that this world brings. But there is one whose the government shall be upon his shoulders. Who is able to take our heavy weight and make it light. Who is able to take our yoke and and in turn give us a yoke that is easy. Give us a rest that is easy in him. So I don't know where you are if you've lost hope have you felt alone, but God wants you to know that you can come home. Today is the day that you can come home because Jesus, he's the living hope. He's not a hope that was just born some years ago, but he is Emmanuel, God with us. He's not far away. He's not distant. He is right here with us. That's who he is. So this afternoon, I want to invite you to be on your feet. And like I said, I don't know where you are. I don't know the state of your mind or of your heart or of your spirit. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know the betrayal. I don't know the hurt. I don't know the pain. I don't know the letdowns. I don't know the confusion. I don't know the anger. I don't know the I don't know the things that you've gone through. But what I do know is that I serve a God who is able. I serve a God who is full of hope. I serve a God who comes... To bring redemption to bring restoration to transform to change to take you out of whatever situation and pit you have found yourself in and take you back home so wherever you are i want you to close your eyes i want you to just talk to god if if maybe you've already been home just thank him thank him because one day he decided to come and take on human form so that we can have salvation thank him if he has changed your life thank of the transformation that has occurred in your life if you can mark the before and the after jesus thank him because you know who he has been for you but if you are needing him to show up in your life today if you are needing him to fill your life with hope if you are needing him to bring you back home he is emmanuel god with us and he is here to bring you back home Wherever you are, just, just start to talk to him. We serve a God that is always ready to listen. His ear is always inclined to our cry. Let him know, I just need you, Jesus. I need you more than what December 25th can offer. I need you on the days I after. I need you in my family. I need you in my heart. Because we have a hope for something better, but the the better can only come with Jesus. The best life can only come with Jesus. So right where you are, just, just let him know how you feel.